Dad, thank you for all the things you do for this family. Every day, you're the best. Thank you for always being there with your love, kindness, and patience. You're the one person I would talk to when I'm feeling down. The one person that I would always go to talk to. There's no better role model than your dad. I'm so proud to be a child, and you're my one and only, and you'll always have a special place in my heart. Forever. Hey guys, this is Stephanie. This is Andre. And this is Table Full Four, a family Family Conversation. Conversation Podcast. How are you guys doing today? So welcome back to another episode with Father's Day around the corner. We wanted to take this time and talk about our experiences and our relationships with our own dads and how they impacted on our lives. Just a quick story. Andre's going to really dig deep and talk about this, but it really stemmed from his trip back in January that he took to California. I don't know where to start. (laughs) It's where do we begin, right? Yeah, because it's been a long time. So yeah. I guess we could go back to the beginning. Yeah, I sure. grew up, my brother and I grew up without our dad mm-hmm. in the picture. And for as far as we know, he lived in California. He had his wife. We have an older brother. And that's about it. He never really came to New York to see us. The only time he would send us money or something would be for birthdays or Christmas. Mm-hmm. It would be like a hundred bucks here, $50 here. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would be his way to make my mom happy so that way she won't come after him so, for child support. So you mean that there was no other means of communication? Nah, there was nothing nah, else? No nah. reaching out? No phone nah, calls? No phone like calls. That, nothing like that. My mom tried to get us to call him once in a while. But I'm like, for what? What was there to talk about? Like, he was always at work. And when we did call, he was, oh, yeah, I'm kind of busy. Can you call back later? He's living his separate life. Yeah. Whole completely and different. every time I asked for something, at that time when I started wanting to talk to him, it's I was fun. already in college. I was already my first, second year in college. I think after my third year, I stopped getting financial aid. So I tried to reach out for him to pay a semester for me. And it was only like 1600 at the time. I went to community college. And he was like, his, his answer would always be, Oh, I can't do it because I'm putting your older brother to college. Every time I will ask for a pair of rollerblades. That was his response every time. Wow. I will ask him for a pair of rollerblades. Same response every time. I can't do it. I'll let you know. I'll see what I can do. I asked for him to pay for a couple of books for school. 
Because books is like $300. Right, yeah. Like, like back in my days, it's probably still the same, probably more now. Like, yeah, these books are expensive. They were always over 100 bucks every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. $100 a pop. Yeah, those architecture books, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? It's, I'm done asking. I'm done asking. I try to reach out. And then, but I always felt like, you know, my mom was always working. Like she had to do what she had to do to provide. Right, she worked right. multiple jobs and she was never home. My grandfather was here after a while. After my grandmother left, they switched roles. And then I, we kind of, my brother and I kind of relied on my grandfather. He gave us advice. He gave us, he told us all these stories. But it was, it's not like, it's not the same when you have the dad around. I couldn't talk to her about things growing up that affected me personally, I guess, in terms of puberty. Because mm-hmm. I guess she wouldn't understand. Right. And we had a, a, an episode where we talked with our boys about puberty and stuff like that and trying to understand all these different changes that happens to boys and girls all together. That must have been a difficult thing, not being able to <clears throat> talk to her about that. Right. So it was always my mom in the picture, like just a single parent every time. You know, and, I, and like I said, we're going way back to just the beginning of this before we even get to California. And it was just one of those where, you know, like when you're a kid and you get bullied in school, I got bullied. I got made fun of. People call me bastard. Oh, you don't have a dad. Oh, my dad will beat you up. Oh, go bring him. <laughs> they would a, say yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that? It was, they, they would say things. Oh, yeah, you want to fight me then? I'll bring you my dad. Some. To beat up your dad. I was like, okay, I'll bring him. I ain't no bastard. At that time, I didn't even know what a bastard was. Right, And right. finally, somebody's like, yo, that's this a person who doesn't have a dad. I was like, oh. Wow. To mean kids. Like, I always relied on other people's dads mm-hmm. to get advice. Mm-hmm. I relied on my coaches from high school. Mm-hmm. Sports. Uh, one, uh, Coach Hernandez and Coach Ortiz, Coach Alex. Those two guys, like, kind of, like, helped me, mold me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just them, but it was other teachers in the school. Right. Like growing right. up, Mr. Scott, Mr. Ostrowski from middle school. High school was Coach Hernandez. We had Coach Ortiz. Then we had Dean Nalon. Dean Nalon played a big influence on why I do what I do every day mm-hmm. in terms of engineering. And he was the reason why I turned to architecture mm-hmm. in the first place. And I could always turn to them for advice every time. Right, right. So those were kind of like the father figures in my life. Oh, Roberto, Rob Pachon, mm-hmm. Jimmy, Ronnie's dad. Mm-hmm. They kind of like, they took us under their wing every time they went out. Still to this day. Yeah, to this day. It's like, I always like seeing it, always talk to them all the time. So what is it that they call it? It's a community. It's community. A, yeah, it takes community. It takes a community to raise children and things like that. But learning about the situation with your dad and him not being able to communicate with you, how did you <clears> feel about that? Like, what was your feeling about that? I was angry because I always wanted to, I never had that talk of how to talk to women how do you approach women? How to pick up girls? I learned that on my own. Like, Why do you have to have a no, conversation no, of how to pick no, because up it, girls? It's, I'm not going to have a conversation with my mom on how to talk to women. But the best thing what I got... What makes sense is to talk to yeah. a lady that might tell you, get you the inside info. Right. But then, and that's what I learned from my mom. Right. That's what Instead I'm of like, from a guy's point of view, you kind of teach your son how to pick up women, how to like cheat and how to like... What? How to like well, I'm glad side he, chicks I'm, and I'm, other I'm stuff. I'm glad he, does, he wasn't around to teach you that BS. I'm right. sorry. So, so my mom told me how to respect women, how to treat them, how to respect women. So, so, you that's say, what I so you're saying that other dads have intentions of not treating women nicely? Is that what you're saying? When they're young. Like, when they're young. <laughs> no, I don't, think that's, young. I don't think that applies. I don't think that applies. I guess when you're young, you're growing up, you're like exploring, you're testing the waters. Right. Is that wrong a, with having multiple people you're talking to all the time? No, but I mean, you've done that. But what I'm saying is that, again, that all comes back to like puberty when we 
think about ourselves or trying to find ourselves in our gender identity, trying to figure out how we fit in this world. How do we have this conversation with your dad when the person, well, the dad you're supposed to have, and he's not there available to have that conversation. I was never the chip of the old block because I don't know what that is. Lord. (laughs) Or the apple that falls far from the tree. Exactly. Those, those cliches don't apply to you. Don't apply to me. Now they can because they, these guys are... These are your exact replicas and they work on my nerves right now. <laughs> so yeah, so going back to... Now, fast forward to now. Actually, when Adrian was born, our oldest, he's about to be 13. So 13 years ago when he was born, I decided to reach out, let him know that he's a granddad. Maybe, I figured maybe there's a glimpse that he would or try to come, chance. you know, there's a chance that he might be part of our lives or try to be part of our lives. Because sometimes it takes like grandchildren to kind of like jumpstart that relationship. Mm-hmm. I figured that. I figured, you know what? Maybe let's give so him the, shot. Gave him the benefit of the doubt. I gave him the benefit of the Maybe doubt. that might have been something that to rekindle the relationship right. then. And during that time, I pretty much, this, but it wasn't like the, that year. I think it was like when the second, when, when Stefan was born, that's when. I decided to reach out and I decided to send pictures, do like a care package of pictures. I wrote like a two page letter of telling him that, you know, what my brother and I have accomplished mm-hmm. growing up and what our fields of expertise were, like in what our school studies were in terms of like college architecture. My brother went for electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. So we decided, I decided to just to send him a care package just to Give reach him an out update. with. Pictures of the kids, so okay. letting him know that he's a grandparent now. Okay. And an update our brother and I on how we're doing in life. And careers. And yeah, yeah. It was like so a two-page letter. So it wasn't nothing like you were asking for money. No, I was money, asking for anything. I, don't, I, don't want, I didn't want anything. Right, right, Maybe right. it was just to like rebuild that relationship that we never had. Right. That I never had. Right. Because I always felt that emptiness mm-hmm. inside all the time. And I kind of still feel due a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. Still though. to this day. Right. So I was able to find his phone number and address online. I paid for the service to find out if he's still alive. And oh, to get, to to get yeah, information yeah. and yeah, like a people search. So I paid and I got all the information. So I sent a package to two locations. I sent it to the house and then I sent it to my brother's job. Okay, both of them located in California. Both of them in California. So do you remember the conversation? Was there anything that came from that? So if your father had a conversation with your older stepbrother, did you hear anything else after that? Like no communication. Oh, half brother, you mean? Yeah, yeah, no. half brother. I, didn't no, mean to say I, I, I don't know. You didn't hear anything remember. else from that no, point. No. Okay. So you send the care package, and then what happens? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens. Right. Nothing happens. Like I, I left phone number, emails, in there, different forms of communication, and nothing. Right. Did you ever think that he might have thought it was like a scam? Like you, like people. There's some people out there that will try to scam you for money, saying that I'm your long lost brother. I need $5,000 wired to my account. In the letter, I stated that I didn't want anything. At one point in my life, my mom spoke to my dad. I don't know how. And she pretty much said that, I guess he was sick. Mm -hmm. And he told him that he has two. Who's him? My older brother. He told my older brother that he has two other siblings in New York. So when the conversation started, your mother and your dad had a conversation. And your father must have been sick or whatever the yeah. case may be. He must have been feeling guilty. He went ahead and he revealed that he had both you and, and brother. your brother living in New York. <clears throat> yeah. He has two little brothers. In New York. In New York. And what was his response? No, he doesn't believe it. I'm your only son. He was like in denial. 
Okay. Like, I'm your only son. I'm like your life and your world, and that's it. Okay. From what the extent of the conversation was. Right, right, right. What is What does he gain, or what does he gain from not communicating with you? Like, because if he's in denial saying that he doesn't have older brothers, I'm like, that's, that is through the fault of his father. His father was the one who had a relationship outside the marriage. So how is that your fault? How is the brother not saying, oh, but that's not true? If your father's telling you it's true. Right. Then why are you not believing it? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. So like every year after that, I kind of always like searched online and just to kind of get closure, but I would never take it past that. Mm-hmm. And every year I would see my information. I would see his information, my brother's information. And every year it would be the same thing. Right. So I always get like kind of down and depressed on Father's Day. Christmas, like what else? That's about, those are the only two holidays. My, I, my birthdays too, that's about it. But now that I'm older, here we are, fast forward. Adrian's 13 now, about he's to be 13. Gonna, he's about to be 13. Every year I would try to like reach out. I would get his information. I would see he's still alive. No problem. So this year was a little bit different because of COVID hit and I had the phone number. I had all the information. I just never had the courage to reach out. Like why? Like why should I reach out? And so I figured maybe... I could do a trip to California and maybe just do it that way. Mm-hmm. So my buddy and I, we decided to do a trip to L.A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but this wasn't even a trip to, to even locate him. It was just supposed to be go have fun, go meet some friends. And that's exactly what we did. But it turns out, like, one of our buddies, he lives in San Francisco. So I figured, you know what? I've never been to California. Mm-hmm. This will be my time to go to L.A., hang out with my boy fly together, hang out, chill. Then the next day, a few days later, take a flight to San Francisco, from San Francisco, chill 24 hours, come back to LA and then come home. So that was my plan. So I figured if I'm going to California, I got to see my boy Ronnie. I haven't seen him since since he left New York during the pandemic. I was like, I can't leave California without seeing my boy. So I decided to go to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that my older brother he literally lives like 10 minutes from where Ronnie was. No way. Literally 10 minutes. No way. Ronnie was on the so left you, of the map. So and I, I kind of like, like GPS did. I look at the map. He's literally a straight line across like 10, 15 minutes away. But this was like before I, when I mapped it out. But then a couple of weeks before I left in January, I was like, let me do a search. Cause like, maybe I'm out there. Maybe. Maybe see. this is my chance. This, this is my, my chance. My opportunity just to go. Right. Because. I'm in L.A., and he lived in Pasadena, and he was in Oakland. He was all in that area. Well, Oakland is closer to San Francisco, so I figured, all right, he used to live in Pasadena, San Fernando, all that area. So I was able to get all the addresses, and then when I did my people search a few weeks, I said, let me do a people search. I didn't see my dad's name coming up on the list. I'm like, why is that? Mm-hmm. Why is his name not up there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I started piecing, like, two two together, because every time I would do a search, my brother's name... It would be junior. It would show up as a junior. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then my dad would say senior uh-huh, and junior. Right. So now, a couple of weeks before I leave, I look and I'm like, I don't see senior anymore. Mm-hmm. I see my brother's name, his junior replaced the senior. Mm-hmm. None of this information was there. I'm like, this, now something's wrong here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know what? Let me look at the obituaries. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, he passed away. Like a few days before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. 2021. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we didn't even know because nobody from our their family, their side of the family, their side of the family is going to contact us and let us know. Right. Here we are, January. And I remember I was at work right before I had to do some work. And I find, I see the obituary. I call my mom. I'm like, is this his birthday? August 4th, 19 something. He's like, yeah, why? I said, I think he died. When? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it says here November 19, 2021, like recently, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. That was around the time we went to Mexico, wasn't it? Yeah, we went to Mexico in November, right? Yeah, November. Yeah. yeah. It was around the time we went to Mexico. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, wow. Now my mind is like. Now I'm getting angry now because now, like, I never got the chance to reach out. Mm -hmm. Was it because you were afraid to? Because you've had the information. I had the information, but I was just never, I guess I just didn't want to, I was always afraid of the answer that I was going to get. What was the answer? No? Yeah. You got no anyway. Right. I got no. So I I just didn't want to hear it. I just like, I just didn't want to hear it. So then my buddy here, my buddy Ansar. He was like, oh, if you want to you, you go see your brother, we'll go take a flight. I was like, no, I'm not going to show up to somebody's house unannounced. Especially I'm over here coming in a hoodie and sweatpants and flip-flops just spending the day in San Francisco. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. like, no. Oh, but if you want closure, then you will go. I said, yeah, but I don't think it's going to help me get closure mm-hmm. if this guy from New York just shows up at somebody's doorstep. I like it. Like, who's this guy? Yeah, who's this guy? Who right. are you? I get right. on my property. I like, so instead of avoiding this, so... Instead of having to go through that, I just decided not to do it. And it's been confirmed. Somebody from El Salvador called my mom from my dad's side. And that pretty much worked with my dad's family back home mm-hmm. and kind of confirmed that he did pass away in November. But there was always reports growing up that, that he either died or that he's still alive. So I guess now it's been confirmed that he's gone. Right. So how do you feel about that? Like now it's been confirmed that now, and you said at first, you said you felt angry, but why did you feel angry? Because he wasn't in the picture because my mom struggled and I just, I don't know, like, because you, when you're a kid, you always have this vision of what a happy family is. You see no such a mom thing. and dad and no you see the thing. kids. No such thing. So I always wanted the same thing. But yes, we had a stepfather. He was an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then my mom divorced him. He was a cheap bastard. So you're saying with your experience, finding out about his death, did you feel sad for yourself? Did you feel, fa- did you feel sad for yourself? Did you feel sad for your mom? Did you feel, did you feel sad for the kids? Like, I'm like, whoa. Yes, I feel sad for the kids because, like, they will never get a chance to have a granddad. Right. Or meet the granddad. On either side. On either side. On either family. side. Yeah. There'll never be a grandpa here coming and picking up. Hey, where's my grandson? Hey, how's Adrian? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. There'll be none of that. Yeah. Maybe I'll be that one. I'll be that grandpa in yeah, the future. When, when, the kids, when the kids have kids. When they have their own oh, kids. Oh, where's my kid? Right, right. Like, but like, even now that I found out, like, no, like, I was a little upset. I was angry, but I haven't, I didn't shed no tears or anything. I've shed more tears for people that I do respect. Mm-hmm. That were father figures growing up. You were there. Mm-hmm. When, when somebody that I kind of admired growing up kind of died mm-hmm. and I kind of broke down in Brooklyn in front of the house because yeah, yeah. he was like a good person and like a good father figure in the Boy Scouts. I think what happens is that there is a buildup of frustration for you. And I think that buildup will never be resolved. No. So the question is, what do you do to create your own closure? Like, what would you do for yourself so that you can feel some sort of at ease now that he's gone, right? What else? What is the next step? The next step is to forget about him, to not worry about him. To, what would you think would be the next step? 
I think we just forget about him because he wasn't an integral part of my life. So it's just at this point, I should just move on. Right. But you haven't. I haven't. And it's hard. It's hard. And I know you and I, we have. It's easy for my brother. My brother's like, I don't care. Screw this guy. I can't miss something I never had, right? Exactly. That's exactly what he says. He says that all the time. I can't miss something I never had. But the thing is that we're all different people. We all feel things differently. You and I, we've had conversations and we both cried and we both cried in, in frustration and in sadness and in anger. And we know that we've never had perfect relationships with our own fathers. That we know. But... I think the wish is to have a more positive connection and to have a genuine love that we have been missing. And I believe that's the reason why you're always looking for gratification. I feel like that's always the reason why you're looking or seeking for approval because you never found it or received it from your own dad. And I think that might've been something that is still affecting you into your manhood. Like you, like you are technically an old man at this point. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> over the hill. You know what I mean? And I think that because I feel that way too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And I think that was so important for us when we had the men's panel uh, conversation that we dig in into how we can cope as better human beings and how do we cope with different emotions and being able to deal with those emotions and moving forward. Yeah, it's that. And mental health. It's, um, it's a mixture of everything. It's not just, it's, we deal with, as men, we deal with stuff internally. So you know, many we, things. We internalize a lot of things. And, yeah. And number one, Women for too. me, for Women me, too. it's. It was having that father figure. Right, right. Somebody to look up to. Right, right. And I had to rely on other people to get me where I am today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that. It's a mixture of, of how do you belong in society? Mm-hmm. Where's your place in this world? Right. How do you want to finish your life? So now I'm about to be 40. Mm-hmm. And I question myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I fit in in this world? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everyone and ask that question to themselves all the time. Of course, of course. Like, where do I fit in? How do I fit in? What can I do to make my time here worthwhile? Right. And what can I do here so that I can move on and move forward from... This is a generational curse of pain that's been caused by our own fathers. And what we've been trying to do is to break away from that curse. We've been trying to look at these as lessons to learn from. And moving forward and not yep. being and not holding on to that hurt. And I think it's harder for us, I think, because we have such big personalities and we feel everything. So I think for us, it's very difficult for us to just like let things go. I've always been super jealous of, about other people's relationships with their fathers that I've seen. And I've seen like some of my friends that have had amazing relationships with their fathers. Yeah, and, same here. And you know, I, and I have cousins too. Yeah. Some of my uncles, some of the best uncles in the world, like gave yeah. us advice growing up. Yeah. And I kind of, and I always wished I had that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I've always wished that I had that. I wish I had that to, to the sense where I, I always wanted to be daddy's little girl. And that was never the case for me. For me, I wish I had, there was always the hope of having parents and having that, what you said before, having that nuclear family, yeah. having that happy picture. I know that perfect families don't exist. That I know. But it was, I was always really, really regretful that I didn't have the type of relationship that I wanted, just like you have. And uh, I think what the most important thing here is that you need to find closure in some way, shape or form. And I don't know how I can do that for you because I can't. I don't know. Maybe it will be, uh, I have to reach out to my brother. That's the only way. Well, maybe then that's something. That's the that, only way. And maybe, I guess it won't be now, but it'll be probably maybe like a, another few years when I get over it. Why not now? Why know. not now? 
you didn't do it all these years ago and now you're regretful because now you didn't reach out sooner. Why not, why not now? If you're going to be 40, right. we don't know what's guaranteed. We don't know how things right, right. happen in life. So why wait? Why wait for the opportunity to just like reach out and call now? If you get the no, you get your closure quicker. Why are you going to wait another couple of years? For I guess wait till I'm ready. You know, ready. I guess I'll never be ready. When would, You will never be ready, I will my never friend. Be ready. <laughs> you will never <laughs> be ready. That's what I'm trying to say. As a person that has dealt with trauma in the past with my own father and I've always had this affinity of trying to compensate for the lack I got in other relationships so I always try to overcompensate so I decided not to do that anymore because there's this complex where oh girls are always trying to find men that are replicas of their father so I was like that was not the case for me (laughs) I was just like no there was nothing that emulated my father I was I did the complete opposite That's why we're trying to break the generational curses. So I always saw myself as that lost girl who will never be walked down the aisle at her wedding by her daddy. And I will always carry that anger towards the wrong people. And because I've never fully understand the behaviors and the acts of my father, that is what I'm still searching for. But at one point I did find closure and I found closure in finding you really mm-hmm. is really you kind of showing me and exemplifying that not all men are like that. So I find my closure through you, like seeing through your actions and seeing how you behave and seeing how you are different in what, how a father should behave. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you ain't, you don't got the best temper, <laughs> but I mean, in comparison. When it comes to my kids, I have a temper. Right, right, right. Other people's kids, I'm patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not mine. That's why I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I find my closure in through your behavior and through your means in your behaviors as a father. So the question I wanted to ask in the beginning of the podcast was, what makes a good father? Right? So I know we have to let that marinate and think about what that is. But I want to take that, that second to think about that question and say, what makes a good father? So we'll let that marinate. We'll see what we can think of. <laughs> I'm still searching for right, what makes right, a good father. Right, right, right. You know I guess I mean? maybe the kids can answer that when I'm gone. <laughs> no, but the thing is that this. What the made time, me a good father. Right. The time because, is now. Yeah. Like they probably hate me now because I'm don't constantly like, yelling all the time. They don't like it. You know why? Saying no. Right. They don't like you. I'm saying no yeah. all the time. They're always saying I'm no. I'm with my no. Right. But that's the thing. Sometimes you have to, you make your boundaries. But they'll remember me. What do you mean they'll remember They'll remember me later on in the future. Yeah, my dad was right. (laughs) My dad was right. Hey, dad. (laughs) But again, like I value the relationship you have with them and I value like the way that you do spend time with them. I know you're tough with them, but I think the reason why you're tough with them is because you have high expectations for them. I do. And you expect a lot for them because they're great kids. They're smart asses, lazy. (laughs) And I think that's what I value in your relationship with them. So that's how I find my closure to believe and to see other relationship with other people. It's like, not everybody's like that. So I think you have to find a way to find your closure. And if that means to talking to your older brother to do that, I think you should do it. And the time is now, bro. <laughs> Don't wait. I'm going to go with my camera. Yo, this is Andre from Timber <laughs> Full Full Podcast. 
<laughs> you might have brother. What do you, what do you want to say <laughs> to that, all the people that, out there? Put that dude in the mic and just embarrass him and just put him on the spot, right? No, yeah. you don't want to do that. He said he don't love me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'd be so funny. I know, but I see again, it's like not all is lost. And because we have this in common that... I think that makes our bond and our relationship stronger. We have to, what we have to do is we have to change the hurt, move forward, and grow into healthy, self-sufficient humans that work through their flaws and not against them. That's really the, at the epicenter of dealing with trauma and dealing with things in our past that sometimes we just can't move forward. But that's how you have to do. You have to change the hurt. You have to change right. your perspective and how you're dealing with that. But I don't know. I want to go back to that question. What makes a good father? If you had some time to think about it. <laughs> no. Actually, that when I'm like 60 years old. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have something in mind. So what I think what makes a good father is an individual who loves and cares for their family unconditionally. And I mean that in all conditions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about a person who can be the voice of reason and understanding? Okay. What do you mean, okay? I agree with that. <laughs> Understanding, not so much. Maybe a protector and a defender when needed. Mm -hmm. What about somebody who gives a tight hug and have a shoulder to cry when also needed? Yeah. 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 What about a person that's not afraid to share their feelings and emotions? That's true. That's true. Yep. What about a person that knows that they are not perfect? And that they can make mistakes and learn from them. I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but Definitely not perfect. No, we're not perfect. But I think my last definition is a teacher. And a person that is that's willing to teach and share their information and share the wealth. Yep. Teacher just, slash influencer. Yeah, yeah. Just pass down the knowledge yeah, yeah. to the next generation. And just an overall, like, good person. Like a kind-hearted human being. That's what I think what makes a good father. That's really, for me, my understanding of how to answer that question. It's a good, it's a good answer. You like I that? Like I, you like I it? like it? You like it? You like it. Good, good. I like it. What about uh, what makes a good father? Just sit down, relax, and have a beer in hand <laughs> and not be bothered with chores. <laughs> and just watch the game is or play that, Xbox all is day. Is that your ideal Father's Day? That's my day? ideal day on Sunday. That's your ideal <laughs> on Father's Day. That's your ideal be day. Be playing Division. Me and my boys going to play Division online. Beer in hand. I'm ready. Yo, stop playing because you act like I bother you when it's time for you to play. No, nah, so, no, nah, you don't bother me. Exactly, because I know what it is. Like, if I'm playing something, I don't want to be I'm in the zone. I'll be in my own zone. Exactly, exactly. But I want to thank you for... You listeners coming in, listening to our conversation, I want to thank you for taking the time and listening to all the past episodes. Some of those episodes we talked about, the men's panel, which was a great episode. We got to sit down and speak to amazing men talking about their experiences and talking about mental health. And we also had another episode with our boys that we talked about puberty and adolescence and how it's important for us to have that open conversation. And Table for Four is a family conversation podcast that talks about all things family. And if you can listen to those past episodes, we talk about health, culture, stories, and so much more. Uh, new episodes are released every Wednesday, and we are currently on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker Radio, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and CastBox. 
and you can listen to wherever you can find your podcast. And don't forget to follow, like, and share on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Table for Four. And we will catch you on the next episode. Yep. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy. 